The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs. Trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 index for a single day. The S&P 500 index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, with index sector weightings including information technology, healthcare, financials, and consumer discretionary. These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day before investing. Carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services. DSG investing strategies recently come under fire. Saving the globe and society sound good on paper, but these are some awfully lofty goals. So does ESG investing really deliver on what it says? And how does the performance of ESG strategies compare against non or anti ESG strategies? Well, today's audience requested ETF battle gets to the bottom of this question. We've got a triple header between two pro ESG ETFs from BlackRock and Vanguard going up against an anti ESG ETF from Constrained Capital. These are the types of ETF battles that I enjoy. This is going to be good. Stick around. This is ETF Battles. I'm Ronda Leggi. And a warm welcome to all. This is a brand new season for ETF Battles. And if you're counting, this is season four, folks. It's pretty awesome. Time has flown, but we're glad to have you along with us for the ride. Keep your excellent ETF battle requests coming. Send us your ticker symbols in the comment section below or on our Twitter feed at ETF Guide. If we choose your battle, you win your choice of an ETF battle shirt or a coffee mug. Also, a quick and big reminder, be sure to register for our upcoming retirement planning webinar in January and February. If you are nearing retirement or already retired, you should be there. We're going to show you how to avoid distribution pitfalls. We're going to show you how to reduce taxes, maximize your Social Security income, and protect your retirement nest egg. These will be just some of the topics covered. Attendance is free to all of our audience members, but space is limited. So be sure to visit the description section below. We've got registration links to claim your spot. The ESG and anti-ESG investing strategies are polar opposites. Now, ESG is supposed to back companies that are good for the planet and good for society and, and the social welfare of all, whereas the anti-ESG strategy uh, basically invests without these sort of restrictions. Now, more recently, ESG investing has come under fire for its inconsistencies, its questionable additions and exclusions of portfolio companies. We've got a lot to cover on today's program. We're going to get into this. We also have to be very careful on today's program because the sensitivity police are watching. And if we don't be careful, they're going to throw us in social media jail. That said, I personally invite he or she among us who is sin-free to cast the first stone. Judging today's contest, it's an illustrious duo. We've got David Durkin at thestreet.com and Tom Ferrisagas at Bloomberg. 
It's great to see both of you, judges. Welcome back. Hey, guys. Nice to see you again. Hey, Ryan. Good to see you. So our four battle categories are cost, exposure strategy, performance, and then our mystery category. The mystery, of course, is where you, our judges, can pick any factor or multiple factors that you feel are key to today's outcome. Our judges can also opt for wild cards or split decisions. It's up to them. I've got the scorekeeping chores. Keep in mind that none of the outcomes on this program are ever predetermined or known in advance by myself or our judges. So let's kick things off with David. David, the first category is cost. Please get us started. Yeah, you know if you have a Vanguard and an iShares fund in the group, they're going to come with really low costs, and these two funds aren't an exception. Uh, Vanguard comes in at nine basis points. ESGU comes in at 15 basis points. Um, so I, I think within those two, the Vanguard fund comes out ahead. Constrained Capital and the Orphan ETF, uh, that comes in at 75 basis points, so it's really not even a consideration. It's a tiny $3 million fund, so trading costs are high, too. Uh, I'm going to give the win to Vanguard based on the lowest expense ratio. Thank you, David. You're up next, Tom. Give us your analysis on cost, please. Pretty clean cut. Vanguard's nine basis points. Um, the iShares one's 15. Um, so, you know, I don't have a lot to add there. So some stuff I will add, you know, AUM-wise, they're both a good size, both the Vanguard and the uh, iShares one, a little over $5 billion for Vanguard, $19 billion for the iShares one. I, I will say it could be a little misleading. Um, a lot of that is just iShares sort of own models that they had put their own clients in. So that number might be a little bit on the higher side, but both, you know, have a good amount of assets, decent amount of trading, but uh, at least from a straight line expense ratio, it's clearly Vanguard's the winner here. Thank you, Tom. That takes us next to exposure strategy. And Tom, you're still up. So give us your analysis. Yeah, and this is where it starts to get really interesting with with ESG. Um, now they're both, you know, U.S. Uh, you know, the Vanguard one might stretch a little bit down the market cap spectrum, but for the most part, the pretty large cap focus. Now they're relying on ESG ratings, uh, so as you can imagine, they sort of all gravitate towards a lot of the same names, meaning you know, excluding "quote unquote" the bad actors, tobacco companies, weapons, coal. Uh, traditional oil companies, a lot of those are excluded, um, you know, from that. So, and they tend to be overweight tech. So they're both pretty similar in that, uh, in that aspect, even, and so the interesting thing is just to even, you know, some clever language in the name of the iShares product is called ESG aware, right? So it's, um, you know, they're made to mimic the broader index. So very close to the S&P, maintaining those very similar weights, but having some sort of ESG aware screen. So I think that's really important when investors are looking at it, that it's not sort of like a pure pure ESG strategy, just like an aware. So it's part of the whole process. So it's a little bit watered down. You're essentially just getting, you know, a little bit of a S&P X, some certain, uh, certain, uh, certain areas. So other than that, I you know they're both really close. Uh, I think just I would probably give it to uh, the iShares uh, product, only that they're using MSCI. Um, I think they're sort of the leader there in ESG scoring and and some of the data there. And the fact that they're relying on that index, uh, I think will give them a slight advantage. So I'll, it's really close, but I'll give this one to, to the iShares uh, product ESGU. David, you're up next. Give us your analysis on exposure strategy. Which of these three ETFs wins? Yeah, when you're looking at ESG ETFs, you really have to kind of dig down into uh, to see what they're excluding and what they're including, because 
There's really no one universal definition of what qualifies as ESG and what doesn't, so it really comes down to the issue, uh, the issuer. Uh, Tom highlighted a lot of the differences between ESGU and ESGV. I'll just point out that uh, Vanguard is a little more exclusionary than iShares is. Uh, ESGU basically screens out weapons, oil, coal, tobacco, those kind of names. Vanguard also screens out uh, alcohol, cannabis, gambling, and it screens for things like human rights abuses too. So I guess it depends between those two funds how uh, how really exclusionary you want to be. Vanguard's a little more broad sweeping in what it uh, what it screens out. iShares is a uh, a little less so. Uh, you know, Orphan just kind of stands out there on its own. It's pretty much the opposite of those funds. It's interesting looking at the uh, sector allocation of Orphan. It's pretty much energy, industrials, staples, and utilities at about 25% each. So it's actually uh, very narrow in what it includes. Tom mentioned that there's a lot of tech in the ESG funds. Orphan has pretty much nothing in there. So uh, it, it's really two very different portfolios. I think the ESG uh, or non-ESG decision really comes down to the individual investor. So, um, you know, I think you kind of have to set Orphan aside for this one because it's so different. But between ESGU and ESGV, I'm going to call it a split decision. It really just depends on how exclusionary you want to be on those ESG screens. The next category is performance. And David, you're up. Give us your analysis. Yeah, between ESGU and ESGV, there's not a whole lot of difference in performance. If you go back to uh, late 2018 when when they were both around, I think it's like 40% to 36 or 37%. So, um, you know, obviously they're using pretty much uh, substantially similar targeting strategies. So it's not surprising the returns are the are nearly the same. Uh, Orphan has only been around since the middle of 2022, so we really don't have a good sense as to you know how it performs long term. Uh, since it's been around, though, it's been up about seven percent, whereas the ESG funds are down about five or six percent. So there has been a pretty substantial performance difference. And again, that goes back to the the sector allocation of Orphan, the utilities, the staples, the energy. Those are you know, those are all the sectors that have done really well over the last year. So it's not surprising to see this strategy do well. But uh, over the long term, I mean, we'll have to see how it plays out. I'll throw out the wild card of the Vice ETF. It's sort of the natural comparison to Orphan here. Uh, it uses a pretty uh, similar anti-ESG strategy, but it's been around for about five years or so. Um, over the five years, it's trailed the ESG funds quite a bit. But again, uh, the last five years have pretty much been dominated by mega cap growth in tech. So the types of companies that it invests in really haven't been in favor. So again, not surprising to see it underperform. But uh, as far as performance, I'm going to call it a split decision again between ESGU and ESGV, uh, just because they're pretty much similar. Tom, you're up next. How do you see it in terms of performance? Do you agree with David's analysis? Yeah, I, oh, I agree with a lot of it. Um, what's Orphan aside first, and we'll just talk about the two ESG ones. Um, you know, over time, again, they pretty much look like the S&P, a couple basis point difference. Um, so just be aware that, you know, for the ESG, you're paying 15 bips when you could be paying 
you know, three bips for VOO or whatnot. So I think just investors should just keep aware how different these are and the performance is essentially the same. Um, but Orphan, yeah, it's really owned the stuff that's been doing fantastic. Um, the, you know, the oil oil companies, uh, aerospace and defense is like hitting new all-time highs. So really the stuff that you, that has been hated is the stuff that's been doing really, really well. So this performance has been quite quite good for uh, for orphan and one thing i i noticed just the feeds into like how confusing all of this is there's an eight percent overlap between orphan and esgu right it's like between the orphan names and these so there's some of these are actually in the esgu etf and this is why it can get so convoluted very quickly about you know esg uh, but i give credit to you know constrained capital i think they're trying something new something very different something very anti which is Sort of a big trend in the industry. There's anti Kathy Wood, anti ESG, anti all of this. So, kudos for it. I'll, I'll I'll give the performance one to them because it's it's so different. And really, I just think if you're going to buy ESGU and ESGV, you're really just getting the S and P. This thing is is truly different. So, uh, in again, very short uh, uh, track record, but the performance has been quite well. So, I'll, I'll give this one up to Orphan. Well, our judges are bringing it today, and I'm enjoying this awesome analysis. I hope you are, too. That's going to take us next to the mystery battle category. So how will our judges uh, come out in terms of their mystery categories? And will this be the deciding factor in today's ETF showdown? So, Tom, what is your mystery battle category? What is it, and which of these ETFs wins it? So the one, even though I just promoted orphan, this is going to work against it. And the thing that really worries me is closure risk. And while I, I give them credit for what they did, it's a small ETF to when I got a couple million. I don't see this thing really being widely adopted. I think it's more of like a statement ETF than people actually allocating to it. So I wouldn't be surprised, unfortunately, if this closed. So I just, I would hate to recommend something and eventually might liquidate. So in terms of the least closure risk, I'd I think both the iShares and the Vanguard product are pretty safe, probably more so the iShares because they're pretty dedicated to this ESG premise. But uh, unfortunately, I think closure risk is a real risk for Orphan. So it's just something to be aware of. And if someone's maybe, since it's just energy or aerospace and defense names, there's XLE, there's ITA, there's a lot of other ETFs that exist that you can maybe play a sort of Orphan-like theme through one of these big sector ETFs. So um, you know, just be a, be a lookout for, for some of these small ETFs that might potentially liquidate. Thank you, Tom, for those points. David, you're up next. What is your mystery battle category and which of these ETFs stands out? Yeah, my mystery category is going to be yield. And the reason I bring this up is because if you uh, if you sort of set the social stigma of anti-ESG aside, this is actually uh, a fund that really includes a lot of uh, good cyclical and defensive names it tends to include companies that are durable and mature. They generate a lot of cash. So if you take the anti-ESG label off it, this is, I mean, actually a legitimate investment strategy that I think can work in a portfolio. And because it tilts towards a lot of those uh, defensive and cyclical names, it does actually provide a, a higher yield than the S&P 500 or by extension, these ESG funds. Uh, over the last 12 months, uh, Orphan has actually paid out twice as much in dividend income as the ESG funds. The gap isn't quite as high today. I think it, uh, it yields about 50 basis points more than ESG. But I think just because of the nature of what it's targeting, uh, you know, a lot of these 
cigarette makers and alcohol producers and, and things like that. These are going to be companies that just generate a lot of cash. And in a lot of cases, that translates into bigger dividend yields. So if you are a yield seeker or looking to generate income in your portfolio, I think uh, Orphan, you know, despite its issues, like Tom said, being such a tiny fund, I mean, is a legitimate strategy. So uh, I, I expect it will pay a higher yield going forward as it has in the past. So if you're Judging purely on dividend yield, I think Orphan is the win here. Well, we're going to give our judges a final opportunity to weigh in with their overall battle winner. How will it go down? David, give us your overall winner. You know, this this one's really tough because I don't think this is so much a battle between funds as it's just a battle between two different strategies, ESG and and non-ESG. So, and again, it really comes down to investor pre- uh, preference, I think. If you're choosing between uh, ESG funds, I'd probably give it a split decision between ESGU and ESGV. There's some there's some small differences there as far as you know what it includes and what it doesn't, but uh, they're both pretty cheap. They're both pretty big and liquid. Their performance is similar. Uh, their yields are the same. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of difference to make one a clear-cut winner over the other. Um, if you're strictly against ESG, then I think uh, Orphan does a good job of that. If you, again, compare it to the Vice ETF, uh, they're substantially similar, so I'm not sure there's much of an advantage with either one. Vice actually charges a 99 basis point expense ratio, so it's actually more expensive, but uh, like Tom mentioned on closure risk, Vice is only uh, it's only got like eight million in assets over five years. So I I think he's right on. I don't I don't think there's a really good chance that this is going to be around for the long term. So um, so as far as choosing, you know, I think Orphan works fine if you're really uh, set on you know really targeting those Vice names. Uh, I'm going to stick with a uh, split be- split decision between ESGU and ESGV just because uh, these funds are a little bigger, more well-established, and I imagine people are going to be targeting ESG strategies as opposed to specifically anti-ESG strategies in the future. Tom, your final chance to weigh in with your overall winner. Give it to us. Yeah, Dave, Dave admits all great comments. I think ESG is going to be under a the microscope this year you know you've already seen vanguards pulling out from like i forget there was some big carbon committee they're pulling out of i think you'll see names start to drop etf start to drop the esg name from it the sec is looking into it so i think it's going to be a real hot button item i got to give it up for orphan i think it's it's something that's truly different and i just don't like i, I just feel like you're paying 15 bips for the S&P 500, right? Um, and, you know, I, I, I want to give kudos to the firms that are doing something very, very different. Um, despite it being a little bit more expensive, that's fine. Um, like I, I, th- I like what it represents for the industry. Um, I like the strategy too. I think uh, some of the stuff that's been unloved for so long could, could come back. Um, but overall, I think all great points that David made, but I think I'm going to give it up for, uh, for the Orphan ETF. Well, our judges have weighed in. And according to my battle scorecard, This is a split decision. We've got split winners. We've got ESGU and ESGV, which got David's vote. And then ORFN, the underdog, gaining steam in the end and coming out with a victory. That ETF gaining Tom's 
uh, Tom's favor. And of course, he liked the fact that it's radically different than anything else that uh, we've discussed on today's program. It's radically different, not just from obviously ESG strategies. It's an anti-ESG strategy, but also the S&P 500, which as Tom mentioned, you know, the ESG, the pro-ESG ETFs mentioned in this contest uh, perform very similarly. Uh, at least the, the risk pattern historically has has mimicked very closely the S&P 500. So why even bother? And um, that was uh, that was a point that was well well received and well taken by me as a scorekeeper. Now, as far as um, David's points, uh, he mentioned that listen, uh, you know, the ESG uh, movement obviously is uh, is coming under uh, scrutiny, but nevertheless, uh, these particular ETFs from BlackRock and Vanguard are the biggest of their kind, and so if you're Looking to be a pro ESG investor, then uh, this, I guess, would be a starting point. And of course, uh, you know, uh, the other thing I want to mention that David mentioned that I think is important too is yield. That was his mystery battle category. He voted for ORFN for that one. So if you're looking for more yield, um, obviously ORFN would be uh, the choice and the one to look out for just because of its portfolio composition. Um, and really great job by our judges. Um, and I don't think we offended uh, the sensitivity police too much on today's program. I'm sure we're, I'm sure I'll be getting the, the, uh, the hate mail though, but nevertheless, I can take it. So uh, again, thank you, David and Tom for your excellent analysis and breaking down today's ESG versus anti ESG strategies. Well done. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Ron. Good luck in the comment section. Thank you. I'm going to need it. Be sure to visit the description section below. We've got research links to our judges. Get in touch. Also, while you're there, check out the link to our program sponsor, Direction Investments. We've also got a, a ton of viewer resources, along with registration links for our upcoming retirement webinar, which is free to all. So check that out. I'm Ron DeLegge. Thank you so much for watching ETF Battles. We'll see you next time. The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs. Trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 index for a single day. The S&P 500 index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook. With index sector weightings including information technology, healthcare, financials, and consumer discretionary. These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to Direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services.